Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bob's Adventures Through TV Land and the weird stories that I've accumulated over my time. Now, the last episode, which was also the first episode, uh, did pretty well, actually. Uh, a lot of people downloaded, a lot of people liked it, and I put a question out on Twitter and I asked, what do you guys want to hear next? I had a couple ideas for a few stories, but then one of the suggestions was how two NFL players physically knocked me into the TV business, and that overwhelmingly won out. So give the people what they want. Now, you're going to have to bear with me on this one because it is a story that took about four and a half years, started in two different paths, and then obviously those two paths collided and one won out. You're probably guessing the TV version won out <laughs> since that's what I do for a living. But hey, let's go back and hear how this all got started. Now, I went to school in Lee County, Florida, which is in the southwest region, just north of the Everglades, swamp, backwoods, kind of a beach town, kind of retirement community, but still has like a small city vibe, but with big city problems. It's a weird way to describe the area. When I was in eighth grade, we were bused to the high schools that we were going to be attending come freshman year. And my school was on the other side of the river, but really close to my home, which is really confusing why I was bused so far away from middle school, but away from that. So I go and sit down and we're having this little talk in the, the high school, um, what I call auditorium with listening to like some of the seniors and whoever they're just addressing us, telling us, you know, what to expect. It's like, hey, if you came from this middle school, guess what? You dealt with construction every year there. Well, the high school here is about to go under construction for the next three years. Hope you like portables. Yay. But anyway, I met two people that particular day that left a sizable mark on my life. One of them was an alumni of the school who just happened to be visiting that day and decided to talk to the entire school, not just, you know, us eighth graders who were there. And that was Dion Sanders. He was a big supporter of the school. He gave lots of money to the athletic program. He funded all of the uniforms for the football and basketball and baseball. And the other major person in my life was the athletic director for this high school. Her name was Bobby Dewey. Bobby was so kind and so caring and so easy to just, she'd just grab you, pull you up and say, hey, you should try this, you should do that. And she was talking to a couple people. I happened to be like one of the, the few people that she got to sit down and talk to. She was like, hey, are you thinking about doing anything athletically? And I was like, you know what? Um, Lee County doesn't have any kind of peewee football or any kind of junior football or anything, do you think I could still go ahead and try? And she's like, yeah, you should absolutely try out for football and anything else you want to try out for. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, I knew nothing about football. I was dense. Uh, I My dad was really passionate about it. I would sit down and watch it with him. But you know what? I didn't know the difference between offense and defense. So that particular summer, I learned what I could generally about passing and rushing and blocking and this and that. So then I start up and it's my freshman year and I try out for the freshman squad team. Now, if you the, the rule was back then that if you were a freshman, 
you play on the freshman squad. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You just you play on the freshman squad. Then if you're good next year, you can move up to JV or varsity, depending on how good you are. So here I am. I'm trying out for the freshman team. Uh, it's not really so much of a tryout as it is like a presenting yourself. Just, hey, uh you're a freshman, you're trying out for the team, you're going to get on the team regardless. Uh, go run a lap, basically. The problem was the freshman coach really hated me. I don't know what I did to offend him. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I think I was just too dense. To, uh, maybe that was it. I, was just, I just didn't understand enough and he didn't want to bother. He never issued me a jersey. I never saw any game time, and you know, there. I remember there was a couple of times where I had to sit on the bench during the game. One time in a blue practice jersey, that was awkward to see on the sidelines. This one kid in a blue jersey when our school's colors are red, black, and white. The blue really stuck out, especially when the other team we were playing was blue and green. They thought, is this kid from the wrong school? What's he doing over there? But that didn't last, so I think I walked off the team. It's probably what the coach wanted. He wanted me to walk off the team, and that's exactly I gave him exactly that. After two, three weeks, I was like, I'm not he's never gonna start me. All he does is beat the hell out of me in practice by making me run and get just ran over by the bigger kid, so this is nuts. And something else I also started up my freshman year was I began taking a television production class. Now, the reason behind this is when I was eight years old, my parents separated. I grew up with my dad. My mom moved off to Orlando and started working uh, a really booming industry in Orlando that was eventually be referred to as Hollywood East. Lots of productions were coming here. She did makeup, she did wardrobe, she was a PA, she did all kinds of stuff, worked for all kinds of big budget, low budget, no budget, just she would work for anything. A lot of stuff you've probably heard of, like Lethal Weapon 3, Passenger 57, The Adventures of Lewis and Clark, Swamp Thing, the TV series, Sequest. I mean, the list is extensive. I really have to have her on our show one day so we can just go over everything that she's done. But I saw what she had done, and when I was a kid, I got to go on the set of a lot of productions she did. And I was thinking, this is probably something I want to get into. I don't know what, whether it be lighting, camera work, I don't really know. I, I want to get into this profession and start doing something. I don't know what. So that is why once I got into high school and they offered a TV production class, I'm like, you know what? Even at this age, I realize there is a vast difference between high school television and big budget Hollywood productions. I, I understood there was a big difference, but it was a good starting point since that was probably the best I had at the opportunity. So I figured, let's go with that. So that was my entire freshman year. A couple weeks of freshman football, walked off the team, started TV production. So now my sophomore year of high school, I start out for the JV squad, and I'm telling you, it was night and day versus the freshman squad. The JV coach, uh, Coach Wichter, he actually asked all of us what position we wanted to play. And I was like, um, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what, Coach. I've got two weeks, three, four weeks of 
freshman football practice under my belt, no game time, and no experience with just about anything. I know that's a football. I can tell you that. So you put me where you need me. And he asked me again, I was like, okay, so what what do you think you would want to try? I was like, uh, how about offensive line? And I think I said that because offense was kind of like the glory position. That's where that's where the touchdowns are scored. That's where like everyone celebrates. Everyone's having fun. That's where all the action is, is on offense. I couldn't have been more wrong. I later learned that because of my size, which I was smaller than the average kid, I was a really good fit for defensive line because they were able to put me on the outside and sometimes I'd play the end, sometimes I'd play the tackle and I'd be able to break through the line and you'd cause all kinds of havoc and it was it was fun and actually that's where I learned you know what defense is fun I think I'm yeah I'm a defensive player yeah go out put on a hat and hurt somebody it was the 90s it was football nobody cared about concussions and it was sometime during this season like maybe halfway through the season I had this what I can best describe as a clicking sensation something clicked in the back of my mind I was like oh I get it I get it. I understand routes. I understand this. I understand all kinds of stuff about football that I never understood before. And it was just making sense to me. And it was weird how that all came to me at that one particular moment in my sophomore year. I was like, I want to keep doing this. I want to get better at it. I want to get a scholarship someplace. I'm a football player. Screw TV. Screw film. I'm a football player. So that was the season. The more notable thing of that year was our JV team went 6-2. and two. Uh, I really don't remember what any of my stats were. It doesn't matter. It's JV football. But the varsity squad went 9-1. and one. They missed out on the playoffs. But this was their first major winning season in a long, long time. My high school was basically the Cleveland Browns of Lee County football. I mean, they sucked for years. Even when they had Deion Sanders, I think the furthest they ever gotten was the third round of the playoffs. That barely ever happened. But at the same time, I'm still into TV production class. I'm in my second year of doing it. And, you know, I'm just like goofing around, having fun with it, annoying the teacher like crazy because it was very easy to do. She had a very short fuse. But I kept doing that. I was doing the thing, playing the football, working at night. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. I was having fun my sophomore year. That's why when my junior year started up, I decided, you know, let's stick with this. I'm going to go out for the JV squad again. And there's a good reason for that. There were only three juniors on the JV squad. Myself and two others, one of which was my best friend on the team, Ron Lee. Now, Ron was the kicker for the JV squad. And he didn't really have as much drive to be the very best, but he was also a very good kicker. The thing was, our varsity squad also had a very good kicker, and he was also a junior, and they decided, okay, so let's keep one on the varsity squad, one on the JV squad, and everything's hunky-dory. Great, okay. So with one year under my belt as a player, now I'm trying out as a starter for the defensive line. And I just, I, I thought, in my mindset was, just get better every single game. Just do better, do better. Eventually, you're going to get noticed, you're going to get called up, and next year, hey, you're definitely going to be on the varsity squad, and you're going to be all kinds of kick-ass. Now, there wasn't much of a distinction between last year and my current junior year. That is, as far as the varsity squad was concerned, because all of the starters were returning from the year before. They were all seniors, and we kind of had 
what you would say an ace up our sleeve. We had a seriously good player, and his name was Javon Curse. If that name sounds familiar, I'll get back to him in a little bit, but he was a very, very, very good player. He got us a lot of recognition, and he was a wide receiver. Uh, He was about like six and a half feet tall. I think he was also the starting center for our basketball squad. All he had to do was stick up his hand, he'd catch the ball if it was thrown towards him. He didn't have to go for it. It would just float to his hand, basically. That's how big of a wingspan he had. So meanwhile, I'm on the JV squad. And we're playing, we're undefeated, our first four or five games. And then we never played our last two games of the season. The reason for that was the other schools that we were going to play dissolved their JV squads. I don't know if it was because their varsity squad got hurt or they needed the players or not enough kids tried out. I like to think it was a little more nefarious, like a, like a whole team got suspended for some reason. I, they never really told us why. They just said, uh, yeah, this school, they're forfeiting, so you guys don't get to play this week. Or sorry. So our JV squad season comes to an end, and varsity is still going, and they're undefeated. The coach has five of us from the JV squad gather around, and he decides, okay, you five, we're going to call you up in varsity. We need players to help us with practice and in case other players on the starters get injured. So we were we were ecstatic. Like, yeah, we'll play on your team if we're going to go for the title. Now, also, because this is my junior year, this is also the third year in a row I've taken a TV class. So I was kind of like the embedded journalist with the team. During the classes, I was able to take a camera to the field room And back then we used like these gigantic VHS camcorders that were about the size of like 80s boom boxes. They were gigantic with a lens. I was allowed to do segments on the history of the team. I was able to interview coaches and players. And one of the players was the same guy I told you about. He was a future three-time Pro Bowler and the 1999 Defensive Rookie of the Year, Javon Kurse. So we get into the playoffs, we make it like one round in, two rounds in, I think three rounds in, and there's a lot of talk of us winning the state title. Oh wow, that that was a big deal because we had this field house that had the painted years that where we won the district title and the regional title or something like that. And I always noticed there was a space for state title, but it was never, it never had a year on it. I was like, oh, this is the year. This is the year where it's gonna happen. So this one week, we are getting ready for Vanguard High School. On Monday, the coach is showing us video of their own star quarterback running up and down the field, making passes, just doesn't even bother with defense, just runs right over. (laughs) On Tuesday, we were going to be in full pad practice with Wednesday and Thursday, just helmets going at like half speed, just like just going through the motions, basically. So then on Tuesday, what they did is they split up the team. The offensive starters and the backups on defense would play on one side of the field and the starter defense with the backup offense would play on the other side of the field. I'm playing defensive tackle with our offensive linemen right in front of me. These are some of the best guys in the county. The defensive call from the coach is 50 wing plane. Now I did not hear 50 wing plane. I heard 50 wing pitch. Big difference if you know anything about football. I'll give you, I'll clear things up a little bit here. Uh, Those three things, 50 wing plane, that means three different things. 50 was the formation we were supposed to take as a defense. I think in this situation, instead of going from a four on the line, three linebacker, we went to a five, two formation. 
wing was the indication that it's going to be a passing play, and plane was the indication that we believe the motion of the play is going to go towards the wider end of the field, which in this situation was to my left. We were closer to the right side of the field. Now the difference is from with 50 wing plane and 50 wing pinch. With 50 wing plane, the defense is supposed to stand up and instead of trying to penetrate the line, we're trying to give the impression that we think the offense is going to do a running play, but we know it's a passing play. So we're going to try and fake them out, bog up the line, and try to shift over to try and stop the advancing play. The difference with that is when I heard pinch, pinch is a particular formation that the defensive tackle is supposed to take, where instead of lining straight up with an offensive lineman, I'm supposed to turn my body 45 degrees towards the center. And the offensive line was confused because they saw everybody else take this particular look, but then there's this one little defensive tackle who's in a pinch position. It's like, wait, wait, what's he doing? What's going on? And this is all reactionary. So you have like less than a second to analyze and try to figure out what's going on. The offensive line, they're confused as hell what's going on. They hike the ball. I broke through the line. Javon Curse, who is playing receiver, instead of moving forward, he starts running backwards and to the left. He's going into a reverse formation. He takes the handoff, and I, with my arms like hulking spread out, I burst through the offensive line because they were confused about who they were supposed to block. And now I am standing in the offensive backfield, and I'm kind of surprised that, wait, what am I doing here? Where are my teammates? It's just me. Oh God, there's Javon Curse heading right towards me. Javon grabs the handoff into his chest, makes a hard 90 degree turn and slams right into me and everything goes black. I was not knocked out. The blackness was Javon's number 25 jersey just smothering my face. I am laying on my back. My arms are wrapped around his ribs. I stopped him, but it was the most adorable stoppage you probably ever could have imagined. So that's how the week went for me. I was okay. I wasn't really hurt. I was I was definitely a little scared because I I didn't I, I was more worried that I might have hurt our star player. All right, so here it is Friday night in the third quarter. Our starting TD got winded and he had to come out of the game. The backup got hurt earlier in the game and our other backup defensive tackle was suspended earlier in the day. And then all of a sudden I hear, Haynes, you're in. Just fill the lane. No stupid shit. Coaches are really direct sometimes. So I, I hustle out there and I'm like, oh, aren't I cute? I'm going, I'm playing in a game. I'm, I'm, I'm playing in the game. I'm playing in a playoff game. I'm playing in a game with the state title, like eventually on the line. We're like two, three rounds away from it. But oh my God, the linebacker, he grabs me by the helm. He's like, do you know the play we're doing? Yeah, yeah, I, I know the play. I know. He wanted to make, he had me repeat the play that we were doing just so I knew exactly. And I only had to be out there for one play so the starting defensive tackle could get a breather or something. I'm guessing that Vanguard High School's coach was somewhat competent because he noticed when I subbed in on the ensuing play, the offensive line to my right, he slides to the right. And the ones to my left, he slides left, leaving a huge hole right in front of me. And the words are just echoing in my head, fill the lane, fill the lane, which means don't advance, don't back up, just make sure you plug any holes. And guess what? I've got like this gigantic hole right in front of me, no offensive lineman. I am not pursuing. I am just staying there and I'm like, yeah, bring it. And in my head, I knew, okay, there's this giant hole in front of me. 
I'm going to have a running back or a fullback heading towards me in just a second. No, I wish. Instead, I was nailed in full force by another future three-time Pro Bowler, Dante Culpepper. Only this time, my helmet popped straight up in the air. And as I flew backwards, my head bounced off the helmet of the linebacker behind me, and then I hit the ground. Now I've been laid out by two NFL potential Hall of Famers in the same week. Coach told me later when he saw my helmet in the air, he thought my head was still in there. Now to my memory, I get up and I trot back to the sidelines. The coach asked me if I was hurt, what's the date, and where was I? I said, no, I'm not hurt. Today's Friday, and I'm on the sideline. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that was a really smart answer. I mean, it was giving him what he wanted. And the, the truth was, I told him that not because I was loopy. I was a little bit, but I was still very coherent. And I was very aware of what was going on. And I wasn't hurt either. I was definitely stunned. But the problem was, I just got bust in on a five-hour drive to somewhere in Osceola County in my head. I had no idea where I was. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, he, he wants me to tell him exactly where I am. I don't know the name of this town. I don't, I could say Vanguard High School that, uh, j just say, yeah, I'm on the sideline. I'm on the sideline. And guess what? I still would have been wrong if I said Osceola County because Vanguard High is in Ocala. Needless to say, I didn't play the rest of the game or ever again. I didn't feel hurt at all at the time. I woke up the next morning with my neck feeling super stiff but my right index finger did get broken somehow. And that would, it, it hurt a whole lot. I my finger really hurt. But a day or two later, the back of my neck began to swell just a little bit. My dad decided, all right, let's take you off to the x-ray, see what's going on. Seems I had a minor bone spur chip in my C3 vertebra. Yay, which is like a few inches below your brainstem. When the doctor told us that, my dad looked at me and he says, you're probably done with football. And I said, you're probably right, Dad. So the coach was really understanding. Oh, we lost the game, by the way. Not because of anything I did. We were already down at that point. We were going to lose. So the rest of my junior year was kind of, you know, par for the course. You know, pretty normal. I was still in the TV class. So then my senior year starts up. And I figured, since I've done three years of TV production class, I might as well continue it. In the class, you know, I would edit, I would call, I'd punch, I'd even sometimes host the school newscast. I just realized that some of you don't know what call and punch mean. <laughs> All right, here's more TV lingo for you. Uh, obviously, edit is editing. Calling is when you're the director and you're calling out shots. It's like, okay, take this. Okay, do that. Do this. Do that. And punch is where you're the technical director sitting behind the switcher board and you're the guy who's actually making things happen. You're taking sources and you're taking cameras and you're doing this and you're doing that. That's why we refer to it as punching. So, hey, are you puncher calling the show? I'm punching. Okay. So I would do that and then sometimes I'd even host the school's newscast. I wasn't that great at it, but I did it once or twice. It's like, this is not for me. I'd I was still on good terms with the football team, even though I wasn't playing that year because the head coach of the varsity squad was now my old JV coach. And he granted me like every single interview I asked him for. I was also granted special permission to be on the sideline for the games to record. And since I knew the team's calls, I knew where to stand to get the best camera shot of the oncoming plays. So this goes on for a couple of games. And one of the real TV station's photogs was also there to get action shots for the 11 p.m. news. And he noticed me getting around, getting all these great angles of plays. 
At halftime of that particular game, he came over and he started talking to me. He worked for the local Fox affiliate and said I should try out for a job there once I turn 18. Two weeks after my birthday, I quit my job as a fry cook at KFC and began working at Fox 4 in Cape Coral as a production assistant. So you can see in the long roundabout way, that's how two NFL players knocked me on my ass and I landed in a career in broadcasting for the last 20 plus years. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed my tales through TV Land. If you liked it, consider becoming a Patreon or getting one of our really nice t-shirts from TeePublic. And we're not short on content either. Along with the Cretans Guild podcast, you can also check out my co-host Jay as he takes a look at the tech, gameplay, and everything behind retro and current-gen video games with his YouTube channel, SquarePegs. And you can see more of my adventures on my YouTube channel, Skipper Bob's Breakdowns, where I do a breakdown on life in Sunshine State while trying not to have a breakdown while on a broken-down theme park ride. Links to everything can be found on our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook pages. You know the deal. Cretans Guild! And we say to all of our followers, new and old, welcome to the Guild. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.